This is Rob Long with Martini Shot for The Ankler. There's an old story about a director who was shooting a movie with an actress who just really wasn't that great. So when they got to a crucial scene in the script after the first terrible take, he called cut, he walked up to the actress, he thought for a minute, and then he gave the best piece of direction I've ever heard. Anything but that, he said, which pretty much sums it up. But it's also good practical advice, which is rare in show business because we tend to talk in circles around here. For some reason, we think it's more, I don't know, smarter. But sometimes all you can say and all that can be said is, don't ever do it that way again. Anything but that. Now, I'm not sure what happened after that moment. If the scene got better or just a different kind of bad, there are some actors who really do prefer a blunt assessment of their choices so they know which tricks to pull out of their bag next. A brilliant actor, for instance, once told me that the hardest thing to play is drunk. And then he told me how to do it. Now, there's an old saying that dying is easy, comedy is hard, and that's essentially true, as anyone who's ever cast anything will tell you, if an actor can be funny, then he or she can be dramatic. But the reverse isn't true. Once, after a particularly funereal run-through of a show I was working on, the lead actress came up to me and squinched up her face and asked, I'm not funny, am I? She wasn't at all. I don't know why, just something missing, I think. Some lightness or quickness or nimbleness or magic X factor just wasn't there in her eyes. And she knew it, too. And we should have known it when we cast her by looking at her reel, which is a video sampling of her work that her manager sends around, all fast edits and peppy underscore, because it was mostly stuff from an action cop series where she had to talk urgently into a phone and then peer disgustedly through the one-way glass at the perp in the holding room. I want this guy to go down, she growled the older, former Broadway actor playing opposite her. You care too much, he growled back in his inappropriate for a cop character's $6,000 suit. Tell that to my ex-husband, she re-growled back, and then they both would stare moodily around the set. Great, we thought. Let's get her. So we did. But the trouble was, of course, we ended up getting pretty much exactly that kind of performance. I want this guy to go down, when what we really needed was funny mom. So when she asked, I'm not funny, am I? The right answer was, no, no, you're not. And we all should have known that. But the right factual answer isn't always or even mostly the right useful answer. So I thought for a moment and I furrowed my brow a bit to make me look concerned that she was concerned. And then I said, oh, my God, are you kidding me? You're great. I just don't feel, you know, I don't feel funny. Because you're not, is what I didn't say. But what I did say was, you know what? Maybe you're working too hard on it. I don't know. I think, I think you're great, but maybe next time, I don't know, just throw it away. Now, throw it away means basically back off. Don't push the line so hard. Don't work so much. Don't act so much. In fact, stop acting altogether. Just say the line in a clearly enunciated voice and move away in a sprightly fashion. I learned that phrase from my first boss in show business, a legendary director, a master at directing actors and getting the very best out of them. I once heard him use a great piece of old-timey show business jargon to describe a Broadway production he'd just seen. It was too center-door fancy, he said with a shrug. Now, I'm not sure I know exactly what that means, but I can guess. Center-door fancy. Maybe a little overdone. A little too overproduced and choreographed and lockstep. Nice-looking, but too nice-looking. Center-door fancy. 
The opposite of that, of course, is just to throw it away. Now, actors pretty much hearing throw it away, especially from writers, but the good ones, actually, no, the great ones, know exactly what this means. It means say the lines, but try not to act the lines. Relax and let the magic pixie dust that all great actors have just naturally sprinkle themselves onto the words. It means say the words, but say them like a movie star, not like an actor. Throw it away, which, in this case, the unfunny actor did. Wasn't much better, but it had the right effect. She said her lines in a quick and clear voice, which kept the pace from getting draggy, and she successfully took the spotlight of disappointment from her performance, and she transferred it to her opposite, the male lead, who, although technically funny, was also technically whiny and unlikable, which we all found out together two weeks and a $3 million pilot later. So when a friend of mine was directing his first play, it was sort of a double first time, his first directing job and his first produced play as a playwright. So one way to look at it is how great that you get to see your vision all the way through. Another way to look at it is, wow, two separate ways to spectacularly fail. Writing, of course, is the hardest job in show business, and that's because writers mostly write by themselves, or at best with a lot of other writers. And it's hard sometimes to quantify which is worse. Writers struggle mostly with the existential problem of work. You will not get paid if you do not write the script, but no one will know if you do not write it because only you know you're writing it. Well, you and everyone else at the coffee shop and co-working space, but that doesn't make anything easier. Writing is hard because it's solitary, but directing is hard because it isn't. Directing is something you do in a group, under the watchful and often hostile gaze of the other actors, at least one of whom, if you're really unlucky, has either directed before or has been directed by a director more famous and accomplished than you. And also sometimes, but not often, there is a writer on the set, so by the writer, him or herself. And with directors and writers, a lot of the time, it's just, you know, it's just, it's vampires and werewolves. Just two monsters who do not get along. But my friend asked me midway through the rehearsal process for some tips, how he wanted to know, can you direct actors in the first place? I mean, actors are complicated and difficult. They're hypersensitive. They're easy to offend. I don't think it's going well, he said to me. One of the actors is really mad at me. I told her I wanted to see more colors to a certain moment, and I stopped him right there. Colors? I asked. Yeah, I was trying to be, I don't know, you know, creative-y. Well, you, you don't you don't say that. You, you say, "I love the colors you're showing me. I love them, but I wonder if it feels. I mean, are you holding back at all? Because your instincts are right on. Can we just try it and you just let yourself go?" Okay, he said, "I like that." But what about the actor who is letting himself go, who is just basically choking on the scenery? Okay, you say, "I love this." But you know what I think? Can we try it? I think you should just throw it away. And that works, he asked. Honestly, I said, if every actor did that with every line ever written, everything would be about 15% better. And also shorter, which adds another 15% better. So let's say 30% better. And I gave him one more surefire trick. If you're not happy with the way a line sounds or the way it's being delivered or with how a moment is unfolding... You know you don't have to know how it's supposed to go. You don't have to have the right answer, as if there is one. You just say, hey, in that moment where you fall in love or change your mind or whatever, you know that line? Can we try this? Can you find it in the line? Find it in the line, he asked. What on earth does that mean? It means, I said, 
get to the feeling or decision or meaning at the end of the line. You know, don't start it angry or whatever. Find the anger as you go. Now, I could hear my friend thinking about all of this because he approached the job of directing like a writer approaches writing, which is totally wrong. The writer works with nothing but a blinking cursor and the Roman alphabet. The director works with living and breathing people all reading the same thing. He said, it feels like you're just telling me to find a nice way to say things, to sugarcoat my direction, to flatter and cajole and manipulate the actors into doing it mostly my way without being a jerk about it. Yes, I said, that's exactly it. I should do this with everyone, he said, with my wife and kids, with everyone in my life. Yes, I said, that's exactly it. See, being a writer teaches you how to be alone, but being a director teaches you how to be with people. So being a director is actually the harder job. Now, I've been in the television business for many years. I've stood on many sets. I've watched many takes. So it was awkward when I directed an episode of television for the first time. And every now and then I would stare at the monitors on the set during a day of shooting and everything would go quiet and the actors would look at each other and I'd wonder what was going to happen next, which was when the first assistant director would whisper, um, we're waiting for you to say action. Oh, right. Yes. And then I'd lower my voice an octave to reclaim some tidbit of authority and I'd say, stand by, action. And then other times I'd be enjoying the end of the scene, thinking naturally as a writer about how I'd like to see it in the second take or how the line might be punched up or maybe that section right there could be lifted in an edit. And I'd suddenly notice everyone on the set was just standing there kind of limp and baffled and clearly confused. And yeah, all right, I'm sorry, sorry, cut. And then sometimes I'd say cut roughly three seconds before the actor with the last line of the scene had opened his mouth. So in other words, when I directed my first episode of television, I have to say, I learned some things. First, that directing TV is a lot harder than I thought. I'm a writer, and like all writers, I have a hard time imagining that anyone's work is more complicated or arduous than mine. Yeah, sure, a writer will say, watching someone dig a trench in the hard earth in the middle of the record-hot summer. That's hard, but it's not writing. That's complicated, yes, a writer will say, watching a neurosurgeon sew two severed nerves, each the diameter of a spider's web, firmly together. But try fixing a second act. Directing is a lot harder, I learned, than just saying action cut, although those two tasks apparently were beyond my collection of skills. Directing is taking an abstract set of words on paper and making them march around a soundstage in some kind of rational pattern. It sounds easy, but then, you know, so does I write jokes for a living. Maybe it would be good for all of us in show business to switch it up a bit, to try out different jobs. Maybe we should set aside one day, you know, and everyone just mixes it up. Because if you're a writer or a director or an executive or in casting, there's a sclerosis that sets in. I mean, you know your little corner of the business, and you secretly think it's a lot harder than any other corner of the business. But what everyone else does looks so easy and so effortless, like it's not really work. But of course, it is. Everyone in the entertainment business works hard. Except agents, obviously. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. So here's how you play drunk. You play not drunk. You don't play a guy weaving and slurring and bumping into stuff. You play a guy consciously, carefully, deliberately not doing any of those things. Which goes to show, being yourself is sad. Trying not to be yourself is hilarious. And that's it for this week. Next week, we look for signs for the Ankler. This is Rob Long with Martini Shot.